Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Testudo Talk Podcast. I'm Andrew Chodas, alongside Emmett Siegel. We are live for the first time. Emmett, how are you? Doing well. Excited to be here recording this in person. Uh, <laughs> we're recording this on Friday. This will be on Friday afternoon. Uh, talking about uh, Maryland football's game against Charlotte tomorrow. I'm definitely excited for the second game of the season. Yeah, definitely a lot of storylines uh, ahead of tomorrow night's game. Obviously, Charlotte, a whole new team, right? They have almost 40 new guys on their team, led by first-year head coach Biff Pogey, a Baltimore high school head coaching legend. You know, what are your, what are your thoughts on kind of the, that storyline headed into tomorrow's game? Well, I think the most interesting storyline is what you said about his Baltimore connections. And if I remember correctly, they have close to 30 guys on their roster that played at St. Francis Academy, mm -hmm. which is where he was most recently in Baltimore. He kind of built that up into a national program. Bit of an interesting story, the way he built that up. Um, if I remember correctly, he was a hedge fund manager, and he kind of essentially you know, bankrolled scholarships for some of his players, which mm -hmm. is kind of an interesting approach to take to it. But he had so much success, and the, you know, the talent he coached kind of speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, the, the nature of it kind of being a homecoming of sort for a lot of players, and the fact that um, Mike Loxley's son even played for Biff Pogey back when he was coaching at Gilman School. Mm -hmm. um, certainly a lot of interesting storylines, perhaps a more interesting storyline than you would expect mm -hmm. for a game between Maryland and Charlotte in Week 2. Yeah, and then, you know, they have six Maryland transfers on the team as well. So, you know, obviously for a large portion of that roster, it's going to feel almost like a, not an event, but almost like a homecoming game for them. So it definitely should be a really cool atmosphere and really cool uh, for some of those guys to get on into the action under the lights at, uh, at Siku Stadium. And I guess with that said, we can kind of go into the, the exact details of the matchup. You know, Emmett, what do you kind of expect to see, you know, out of the gates uh, tomorrow night? Well, what Maryland's going to have to do in order to win is stop the run. Mm -hmm. Charlotte is a very run-heavy team. Um, not only do they have, I believe his name is Shadrick Bird, mm -hmm. their, their running back. He's also a pretty dynamic kick returner. Um, he's going to kind of pace the team uh, that loves to run the ball. Biff Pogey loves to run the ball. Um, you've seen that with his influence when he was at Michigan uh, recently, you know, the way that he loves to pound the, the, the ball on the ground. And, you know, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, Josh Gaddis was probably uh, coached with him on that staff at Michigan two mm -hmm. years ago. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the number one thing that I'm looking for is how Maryland can stop the run. Uh, Charlotte's quarterback is also a pretty mobile guy, yeah. Jalen Jones. So um, have to secure that edge and, and definitely try to limit the big plays. Yeah, and that was something we kind of saw with the Terps against Towson as well, you know, against a, more, a mobile quarterback then. You know, they didn't allow some big plays, but then we did struggle sometimes to get to the outside whenever Towson was able to get some of their offensive moment, momentum. It kind of came with the quarterback scrambling, getting out of the pocket. So I think you're exactly right there. It's going to be a challenge for Maryland to kind of con contain that all-around um, rushing attack. It's the same thing that Loxley kind of said before the Towson game as well. You know, there's not much film on this team, right? Their entire roster is basically brand new. So there's going to be a lot a lot of, you know, new plays that Maryland's going to have to kind of feel as the game kind of, you know, g gets into itself. But I think if Maryland kind of plays their own game, I think they can kind of be able to take advantage of a team that doesn't have much experience together. When, but Maryland, you know, obviously this is a team that kind of does have the experience. I think you have two completely different angles, if you will, a team that kind of is just going to try to stick to their identity and a team that's still trying to find their identity. So I think it's going to be really cool to see two complete, completely different teams kind of go at each other. Yeah, sometimes we don't take... Um, Maryland 100% at its word when they say every game is about what Maryland does and not yeah. what the opponent does and they use the term Terps versus Terps for every game. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit 
less believable when they're facing like you know a nationally ranked team yeah. that you know perhaps their their opponent is going to really dictate what they're able to do mm-hmm. but against Charlotte like you said there's so many unknowns about how Charlotte is going to play and Maryland will have a talent advantage even though Charlotte you know despite all the turmoil that they had in the offseason I don't know if turmoil is, is a good word but but the change that they they yeah. underwent as a program you're going to see so many new players that, that are starting to get to know each other and you know Maryland's is coming in a little bit more familiar with each other. Obviously, there's certain pieces that, that, that are still getting to know each other, but um, it is going to be about what Maryland does, and this game is going to be dictated based on how Maryland plays, not how Charlotte plays. Well, how much do you, you know, obviously, the thing that Charlotte and their coach has talked about is playing, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, right? I think they're even doing an ESPN Plus series kind of on the team. So just with covering football for the past two years, how much do you think that that really gives a team, you know, an extra motivation when, you know, even Posey, you know, in the offseason, right, they had the conference with the uh, with them joining the AAC, and he was like, you know, only three questions you're going to ask us? Like, you have nothing about this team. So, you know, what do you think that kind of does to a Charlotte team coming into to College Park, maybe with that chip on their shoulder? It certainly helps. Um, football, I think, is the ultimate game where that kind of motivation can really prove itself just because it's such a physical game that that you know having that extra edge really helps but the biggest thing for that is that this is a game on NBC at night prime time I know that you know Texas and Alabama are playing so maybe not everyone will be watching but you're going to be opening a lot of people's eyes to an audience that especially Charlotte I mean Maryland too but but especially Charlotte would normally not get those kind of eyeballs for for one of their games especially earlier in the season it's such a big opportunity for Poji and for his team to perhaps quell some of those doubts that he was complaining about earlier in the season where, you know, they're picked last in the American preseason poll. A lot of people are, I think, a little bit soured on him. Just, you know, first impressions, he, you know, he, he's a bit held back from, from the media and it seems a bit skeptical of it. I think that if Charlotte can put on a good performance, that will change a lot of people's minds. And the same thing goes for Maryland, though. Maryland... You know, hasn't received any votes in the first two AP polls, and I know that this team feels like it can compete with some of the best teams in the country. If you want to start going to proving that to uh, the people who are going to decide, you know, the rankings are going to decide whether your games are, you know, on in prime time in the future, stuff like that, and starting to, to build that narrative that helps with recruiting, that helps with development, stuff like that, then games like this where you're up against a weaker opponent at home in prime time, that's when you have to make it happen. Yeah, you mentioned these two teams playing on prime time. So, you know, what do you think are the – we'll start off with Maryland. What, what do you think are the keys to Maryland games to, uh, to secure a victory against Charlotte? Well, outside of what I was talking about with securing the run, um, I think it's going to be – I don't know if this is necessarily as much of a, a key to the game as much as just something that, that I think I want to see from them is I want to see them kind of switch up that offense from, mm-hmm. from last week. I think last week we saw them really, really pass-heavy – um, and some of that may have been what they were comfortable doing mm-hmm. with the offensive line. Um, but I would love to see them run the ball a bit more. Um, I think if they can control time of possession, if they can you know, control the game up front, um, I think that's what Maryland needs to do to, to jump out to a lead early. And you know, if, if you're Maryland, you're hoping that, that you're, you're leading from start to finish. And that, you know, like I said, with all these extra eyeballs on you, you're hoping that you know, from the start to the finish that nobody has any doubts that you're the better team on the field. Yeah, and I think for me, I think the number one thing is I think with the offense is the offensive line, right? I think it's a, a really underwhelming sh- showing uh, that they had uh, against Towson. They weren't 100% healthy, um, but even still, they need to be significantly better uh, than where they were uh, last week. Uh, they weren't able to open enough holes in the running game. Uh, Tagovailoa was 
forced to chase out of the pocket way too many times. And as the opponents get more difficult, it's going to be really telling to see if this group of veteran kind of jumbled up offensive line can kind of get their act together. Uh, because if they don't, it's going to be really tough, even against a game like Charlotte, right? This is, obviously, you know, this is an American opponent. They're not maybe a Big Ten level, but they're going to be a step up from what they saw against Towson. So I think if the offensive line doesn't improve their play, I think it's going to be a bit of a reality check uh, for Maryland, and I don't think it's going to be as easy as they want it to be. With that said, I, I think if Maryland, I think if they can get off, get off and running early, get out to an early lead, um, I think that this should be a pretty comfortable um, victory for them. But I, there are definitely some um, games within the game, if you will, that I think are good that we're going uh, that we are going to need to look out for uh, that kind of seem to be a trend for the rest of the season. Also, if you want to stop what Charlotte is going to try to do, which like I was saying, they're, the game, they're right? trying. Yeah, they're trying to you know run the ball. They're trying to probably kind of ground and pound their way mm-hmm. to to a close game where where they can win at the end. If you jump out to an early lead, yeah. then Charlotte has to start airing it out. Yeah. Charlotte has to start scoring quick, which maybe they're not as built to do. Yeah. Um, but like you said, with the offensive line, the offensive line is still the biggest question mark for this Maryland team. It's still the one thing that. We're not really sure what it's going to look like, and we've already seen one game this season. Uh, Gottlieb Aidze yeah. was out there kind of practicing off to the side. on Tuesday. Yeah, he was off to the side. He was in pads, but he wasn't really participating in any of the contact drills, at least what, what we could see in the media open um, aspect of the practice. Uh, Mike Loxley said earlier that day that he was, I think his quote was hopeful that he would be available. Um, so that would definitely be a big boost if he is available for Maryland. Um, you know, they're starting Connor Fagan at right tackle, at least they were last week, which, you know, he's serviceable, but, um, but there were very high expectations for, for Aidze as he, as he came into Maryland. And he, he certainly seems like a, a piece of the puzzle that, that could help maybe solve that, that equation for Maryland. Yeah, and then just circle back on what you said on what Charlotte wants to do. Just their passing attack, Charlotte, it's really non-existent. It was, la- it was last year, and it's kind of the same, at least in week one. They got all, almost all their yards. Um, on the ground. So if Maryland, you know, if they can get out to that lead and then kind of force Charlotte to speed up the game, have to go through the air, I think that that kind of leads right into what Maryland wants to do. I assume that's that's in Maryland's game plan. You know, they they won't tell us that, of course. But if Maryland kind of has their their eyes set on getting out fast early and making Charlotte speed up what they want to do after that, it should be a pretty a pretty comfortable win for Maryland. But again, this is a really hungry team in Charlotte with a lot of guys on their roster that have a lot to prove, probably in front of a lot of family and friends. So I think it's going to be a really exciting atmosphere. It's definitely a game I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, um, I think one another thing to keep an eye on for this game is I, I think there's a pretty good chance just judging from you know some of the gamesmanship that's been going on this week. Um, obviously, like you said, the familiarity between the two teams and Perhaps that you know Charlotte's coach has a chip on his shoulder. Charlotte's coach feels disrespected. Um, I know that you know burn bridges might not be the correct term, but you know he certainly uh, you know made some some strong comments um, in the last couple weeks, even in the last couple years, um, dating back to his time as a high school coach. I, I think this game could get pretty chippy. I could certainly see this game. You know, you start to see it a little bit in the Towson game, but that's just kind of emotions boiling over from from a frustrated team and. You know, Maryland's jumping out to a big lead. I feel like this game, you know, Maryland's going to have to stay disciplined because Charlotte is going to be begging Maryland to make mental mistakes. And Charlotte's going to be begging Maryland to, you know, scrap with it and, and start pushing and, and shoving after plays. And what, what Maryland can't afford to do is fall into that trap where they let Charlotte kind of 
not only dictate the flow of the game, but dictate kind of the storyline of the game and allow Charlotte to get into their heads. What Maryland has to do is play clean and understand that, like I said, Terps versus Terps. Maryland is the better team. Maryland is the more talented team. Maryland is the team that should win this game, and they're big favorites for that reason. But the way that Charlotte could start to make inroads into that Maryland favoritism would be if they can kind of get in their heads and force them to play a sloppy game and make mental mistakes. As long as Maryland takes care of its own business, it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, an emotional game. I think it's going to be a lot of maybe ticked off 49ers players and, and obviously he's made it Coach Poggi. I think it's going to be a really physical game early on. I think we'll be surprised to see a lot of chippiness, uh, some penalties early, so I think it'll definitely be an exciting game uh, for the fans. And I think this can be definitely a game that, that we talk about later in the season of you know some storylines kind of developing from this game as well. I would love to hear your opinion just on – I know Biff Poggi has been such a – such a polarizing yeah. figure and you know he's only coached one game yeah. uh, as a head coach in college yeah. but just like what, what what have you made of his of his comments you know I know he's been he's been calling out the media for not giving him enough respect and stuff from your perspective like what, what was your reaction to all that well I think he's doing wonders for the program he's he, he, he's getting Charlotte football being talked about in the national media he's getting Charlotte football talked about on ESPN yeah, that's, I think that's all you can ask for is if you're a Charlotte fan or if you're if you work in that Charlotte athletic department. So I think he's doing wonders. He's bringing attention to a program in his first year. He's building his, his own culture. And obviously it's kind of – it's almost entertaining, right, when you hear some of the things he says. Oh, you guys are going to not respect this. You're only going to ask three questions. All right, then I'm going to leave, right, and you guys are going to watch what we do. I think it's really fun, fun to watch. But all the only thing that matters is what you put out on the field. They got a – you know, they won by three scores in the opening game. Now they face a borderline top 30 team in the country. Again, I think it's going to be a lot of fireworks and something really interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, with, with a guy like that, um, when you're winning, it's awesome. But yeah, if, if you start if you start losing, yeah. then uh, then it can all come coming down pretty quickly, yeah. and you start to see it, it becomes really easy to root against you, I yeah, should say. But yeah. but he's certainly uh, hoping to prove the haters wrong, and, and we'll see how it all works out on, on Saturday, Maryland versus Charlotte, uh, kickoff at approximately 7:30 p.m. on NBC. So yeah. it should be a pretty interesting primetime game but uh but thank you all for listening we'll be back after the game uh analyzing what happened and 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 talking about the result um but yeah we'll see you all saturday night and thank you for listening you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.